0: Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And uh, we've been on a hot streak here over these past couple weeks with the uh, information and with the guests and with everything that we have. uh, We've been putting on the BCJ podcast network, and that is going to continue today as we are joined by the newest member, one of the newest members. Of the staff in the athletic department at the University of Cincinnati, one, Mister Anthony Defino, and uh, Anthony is uh, he, he's been grinding in Cincinnati for a couple of weeks. He's he's back home in Jersey for the weekend, uh, so we thank him for taking a little bit of his time to uh, to connect with us and to uh, talk to the fans and and let us know what the plans are for the athletic department going forward. This is one I'm excited for this is uh you're gonna hear mostly from dave today i think this is if, if dave has an area of expertise this is it
1: <laughs> yeah I don't, uh, I don't
0: know about that I, well i said if like if yeah. you have one this
2: is it so uh anthony
0: welcome in and uh we're, we're glad to have you on the bcj podcast man
2: thank you so much for having me excited to have this conversation and uh, appreciate the invite and looking forward to the conversation and. Uh, connecting with everybody over the airwaves here. Anthony, uh,
0: I'll get it started. What What was it? You were at Syracuse. Um, you're a New York, New Jersey guy. What was it about coming to Cincinnati with John Cunningham that that jumped out at you when you were presented the opportunity uh, to make this leap and, and come here and join the staff? It,
2: it, it's It's twofold. One was getting to work with John Cunningham again. Um, my faith in him, my belief in him, and in, in in his leadership and what I learned under him at Syracuse, even in our short time together, um, he, he's one of those guys you want to go work for. He he is a true mentor. He is he is someone that wants to guide you in your career. He he wants to know your goals to help you get there, and just just the care that he shows as a as a boss and as a colleague, it, it's unbelievable and unparalleled. Uh, so I. I'm all in on John Cunningham and everything that uh, that he I know he brings to the table. That that was number one. You know, anytime you look for a job, you want to you want to find the right boss and right mentor. And, and he's it. Um, the, the second part and probably more important, I, I, I hate to put it that way, but more important is the sustained success of the program and the history of the program. Just knowing you're not walking into something that you're you're really rebuilding. There's no rebuilding at Cincinnati. It's capitalizing on the already success of the program as a department, um, and just finding maybe a few percentage points here and there to uh, to get better in some areas. And uh, you know those two combined, it, it was a no brainer for me. You know, I I saw the job posted. I think back in uh, early 2020. It was uh, January or February 2020. And I was like, I'm in, like, if, if I'm offered that job, I told my wife, like, start packing up the house now. Cause if, if we're offered, we're, we're going, it, it was a no brainer. So your title is deputy AD for
0: external relations, including Bearcats digital communications, fan experience and engagement, ticket sales, service. Uh, you'll be the department's liaison with Learfield IMG. Uh, it, it sounds like, uh, and other key partners and constituents, <laughs> that's, us. That, that's that us. us yeah that's us that, that that is you that is you <laughs> um take us inside what what the daily day-to-day uh if you've been able i mean you've been here your first day officially on the job was the
2: day first of the day of the west miller press conference right uh well believe it or not it, it was january 4th it was my first day on the job and i that my first Full week where I was actually working on campus was that week um, okay I remember pulling into Cincinnati with my my car it was loaded from from Syracuse I pull into uh, the garage underneath our offices and John calls me and he's like hey we're gonna hire a head basketball coach I need you in my office I'm like that's funny I just pulled in so great let's <laughs> let's go this is this is exactly what I wanted uh, but I, I was working out of my basement in Syracuse for for what seemed like forever, an eternity. Um, most importantly, connecting with with my staff and, and making sure we were setting the tone for where this, this was gonna go. We couldn't waste any time. We had to capitalize on the success of the football program and making sure our renewals and sales were, were hitting their marks. And also, you know, we were doing all the things that we had to do from a customer service perspective, getting through uh, the year and assuring people, okay, 2020, first 2021 right how do we make that transition how do we make people understand that we we know what they're going through and you know they're going to have concerns or hesitations about coming back to to venues in 2021 and uh for for us it was okay we get we have to get that strategy right you know we have to make sure that ticket assurance plan is right so on top of all that we we had to look at our structure of the external team and uh though that was my first three months was identifying where we could get better, where we could capitalize on the success, but then, then strategize about our move forward plan. So, you know, I, I've been in a dark cave. It seems like I might've been in hiding for, for most people's uh, sake, but you know, that's what we were doing behind the scenes. And, you know, the day to day is, is just that right now it's, it's making sure our staff is right. Investing in the personnel, we hired an assistant AD for ticket sales, and Bria McLaurin. She's phenomenal. She's from Dayton, went to Northern Kentucky. She was with me at Syracuse, and I think she's she's a rock star. And so we're going to hire uh, some account executives underneath her, who will just you know be our customer service engine, our sales engine. You know, everyone's personal concierge when they need them. Um, we we kind of reevaluated our situation on the communication side. So Ben Hofstetter is now our uh, Associate AD for uh, strategic and digital innovation. I, I mean, he is, he, he is a jack of all trades guy. He, he, he's the guy that will lead our communications team, our digital team, our, our media management team, so much so that our, our, our sports information directors, as you know it, aren't necessarily sports information directors, they're strategic brand engagers because we want them being able to work a video camera, take photos, do much more than write press releases. Uh, we need them thinking, you know, how how does this engage our fans in different ways? So you'll see some of these changes. Um, you know, there's no silver bullet for for getting better. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a grind. So I would suspect that by July one we should be at full staff once we get some more positions on board. But it's it's been a lot of hiring, a lot of evaluating, and uh, just putting our strategic plan together so we could go out and execute it.
0: I'm just curious. When you're in charge of digital, uh, when you find out you're getting, uh, you're walking into a situation with Kelsey Sharkey on on the digital staff. Uh, it's like walking into, uh, you know, a, a locker room where you've got a, a first ballot Hall of Famer.
2: That has to be a nice little <laughs> perk, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, for for what i heard about Kelsey, she was like this mysterious figure of like, okay, <laughs> does she exist? And I finally met her yesterday. <laughs> and, you know, to me, it's like, okay, she exists. And this isn't just like an army of people who are doing this. She does the work of so many people. Um, we identified a need, though, to support her. So we, we actually just um, we just hired a videographer who will come on board uh, under the external unit staff because Kelsey mostly serves football, right? Yeah. And she does a phenomenal job. So for us to get a videographer on board that could serve our other sports programs, that was uh, of utmost important to us and and the person we're going to bring in i won't name names yet because we can't announce it uh but we'll that person will work with kelsey and support her and build a little intern army so there is an actual army underneath them and <laughs> I, I think you'll you'll see the video side of what we're trying to do grow um and, and you'll see a lot of support put and resources put in, into making sure that that's the type of content we're going to be creating moving forward that we're going to invest in. Cause we know our fans want to eat that type of stuff up. You know, the, the storytelling is so important, especially for our student athletes. Now they want their story told, they need their story told and we're, we're going to do our darndest to, to tell it. All right. That's it. I'm tapped out, Dave. All you take over. All right. Well,
1: <laughs> a lot of that was excellent and leads into a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about. So we seem to be on on the same page. Um, I'll I'll just lo- lobby a softball to start it off and let you I'll let all the fans love you. Just first impressions of Cincinnati as a whole and the UC community. Now that you've been here, you know, four or five months.
2: It's been phenomenal. It, it's it's exceeded expectations. Usually when you go into a, a city or a job someone's always warning you there's always that one person who will try to ruin it for you i haven't had that one person yet every single person's like oh if i could go back to live in cincinnati i, I wouldn't a heartbeat or those are the best years of my life and i'm seeing why the, the community is just so tight-knit not not just the university community but the community in general now i'm getting a, i'm getting a lot of crap for living in northern kentucky but you know, there's right. a good God's there's country. a good blend <laughs> there seems to be a good blend and you know everyone supports each other, bridges or not. And you know I lived in New York City, so traffic really isn't that bad in Cincinnati. No, it's um, not. <laughs> but you know everyone's been unbelievable and helpful, and understanding and patient. Um, you know, then you get onto campus, and it's it's again it exceeds expectations. Everyone wants to help, um, and and I think that that's that like feel of you know. Hey, we're home. This is this is a great place to be. I, you know, again, I haven't heard a single bad thing, and I, I have yet to see a single bad thing, and I we're we're loving it. and And the community's been awesome. Um, conversations like this have been awesome. Uh, you know, being at the spring event and and just interacting with fans. I mean, people were just happy to be out and about and, and interacting with our our uh, our team and and other fans, and it, it's just nice to see that and. Yeah, we're, we're just ecstatic to be here. Uh, my, my wife visited for 36 hours, finally saw her house that I bought without her seeing it. <laughs> so one, I'm not divorced, but two, she was like, this is, this is all like driving around. Uh, we, we went out, um, we, you know, Covington, some people say Covington, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but we, we went out and what I'll say Covington. And she's like, this is awesome. Like this is, it has a Hoboken type feel to it. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Like, okay, you're, you, you feel like it's at home too. So, uh, you know, just overall the, the expectations have been fully exceeded.
1: Awesome. Do you need awesome. food
2: tips in, in Northern Kentucky? I got you. That's kind
1: of my, one question was, Have we got to get the skyline question in, right?
2: I don't know if you want to do that. I, I come from a very deep Italian family. Well, that's the thing. So, uh, do I. Are, so I was, um, I was
1: going to say, do you want to go on the record with your thoughts of shredded cheddar cheese on top of pasta noodles? Or should we just move on to the next question? Yeah.
2: I, I, tried it and you know, I, I, I will say it was a lot of, they, they are very generous with their cheese. And <laughs> like I, I did the Coney too and I, I couldn't find the Coney cause there was so much cheese. Um, you know, but they they're they're a sponsor of ours and they they support us and they support our student athletes um, they could okay hot hot take here if that's okay if they saved on the amount of cheese they could maybe spend a little bit more to support us i'm kidding i'm kidding but that no. is, a <laughs> is a lot of cheese it is a lot of cheese and i'm a cheese guy so it's good you know i, I was i was happy with it
1: Hey, I'm. Dave's, I'm right there. A guy. I'm right there with you. I don't. I don't touch the the three ways, and I can't do it. My grandfather would you know roll over in his grave if he knew I was eating that. So I, I eat the. Uh, I do like the conies, but uh, Dave, I, if
2: if you if you're like me though, your doctor isn't too happy if you have that. You know, three or four days a week. Oh no, with the with the cholesterol, you know the Italian cholesterol thing. Oh yeah, yeah. and triglycerides. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I gotta be careful. I've had enough prosciutto in my life. I can't oh, have yeah. more cheese. You know. Oh
1: God! You're talking to the two guys. We can steer this thing straight down a, a food direction and, and really mess with people.
2: I, I'll give you. I'll give you one name. Okay. You ready? I'm. Um, I got the pen in hand. I'm ready for it. La torta loca. Dan Dan
0: Horde, It's in. It's in uh, Florence. Kind of out by the mall. Um, Dan Hort has proclaimed it the best sandwich in Cincinnati. And in Hudson, Kentucky. Yeah. And, and I, and I, well, it's all the same. It's greater Cincinnati. <laughs> and I got Aaron Himmler hooked on it. Uh, I think a week and a half ago. And he's been four times
2: since. All right. That's my first stop when I, when I touched down on Monday night. It's
0: unbelievable. It's so good. That, that's my number one Northern Kentucky food recommendation. La
2: torta loca. Yeah, I, I was surprised. We went out to dinner last night. Uh, we, we had a client dinner and we went to a place called boutique. I want to say it, it was, it was like a, you know, little Italy hole in the wall. There was four yep. tables in there and <laughs> it, it was sneaky. Good. Like so good. And it's just unbelievable. Like, and I keep hearing that's kind of how it is. And that's, that's the way you eat. You go find some sneaky good restaurants like that that only have three or four tables, and you know that's that, that's a sign of a good food town. A torta loca expanded. I think
0: there might be five tables in there now. Okay. So they they went big. They had a they had a market like a little <laughs> a little Mexican market in the front of the place, and they were like, "Look, that's got to go. We need two more tables." So it might be too big for you now.
1: It's not. It's not a secret anymore.
2: No, I'll it's be not. The judge well, not. Not now. No, no, if, if, if you look at their thousands
1: Yelp, yeah. of people listen to this.
0: If you look at their Yelp, they've got like 890 reviews on their Yelp page. That it's 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 not a secret anymore. All right, back to back to important <laughs> stuff, Dave. All right, that was that was a good
2: softball, David. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll take those all day. <laughs>
0: all right,
1: so uh I recently heard you referred to as a get shit done guy, which I can appreciate. So what right. are some of your main objectives? that you'd like to see done in kind of the next, I don't know, three to six months, like the main, main things that you guys are really trying to get done this summer.
2: Well, that's uh, that was kind of whoever said that. I do not know if we, we could swear on this podcast. Oh but, yeah. It's, uh,
1: it's,
2: young it's listeners. Okay. Um, well, I, I won't out of respect for, <laughs> uh, out of respect for the podcast. Um, it, it, one, we have to drive revenue. Like revenue above all right now, it is the most important thing coming out of the year that you had um, in terms of that everyone had, right? So we have to get back on revenue track. It is the sole focus. That's why we're putting in a sales team. We're putting in a sales manager um, connected with revenue. And, and, you know, we all can't be, oh, revenue, revenue, revenue without looking at the customer side of it. We need to understand how to best serve our customers. Right. So if it, I'll, I'll get into marketing a little bit, like customer lifetime value and all that. Right. That's what we study. But putting it in and executing it and putting it in motion of how do we treat our customers? Where are we missing and where are we doing well? Those are the things I want to hear. So a lot of listening o- over the next six months. I, 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 I want to listen. Our team needs to listen. We need to hear from our fans. What's the good, what's the bad and what's the ugly? So you'll see a lot of surveying happen, and I think we put out that football survey a few weeks ago, and we have we have some great responses. So the survey is only as good as what we do to enact some of the change that, that our fans are requesting. So we're going to look at that, too. That's an that's absolute top priority because we have such a small window before the football season. So we're going to look at the survey. I, I'm t- Anyone who listens to this, reach out. Let me know what you're thinking because it's important that we hear it and you know if there's a trend then you know we want to go and enact some some things that we could get done before the football season to show we're listening and because if we if we show we're listening we're, we're doing the things the fans do actually want um or where again we're, we're just stewards for this thing you know we're, we're the liaisons for our fans back to getting things done in the department everything is about about the fan and and being fan focused and that feedback is so important to, to drive this thing forward. So um, what's most important is, yes, we have to drive revenue. That really helps the department. But two, it, it's, it's about our fans and making sure we're serving them uh, and serving their needs and serving their wants. So you're going to see a lot of, of that in, in what we do. A lot of feedback is necessary to make this better. And if we take care of the fan part, the revenue part will focus. Uh, will, will will follow.
1: That's awesome, and I can attest. We've had just setting this podcast up, some back and forth, and you, you get back to me, and and you know, good timing. And and I know that if I reach out with some some things, I it's going to get read. So I would recommend if someone has thoughts to to shoot them over to Anthony. But um, can you just give a quick update on where we're at as far as. Football ticket sales. I know season, but now we've also got some individual sales in there. And just your guys' plan slash strategy on how you plan how you're going to close out the selling term, so to speak, and and capitalize on what could be, uh, you know, one of if not the most historic seasons in school history.
2: Right. Right now we are we are 11 percent in season tickets sold higher than the end of 2019 so take 2020 football out of it because that you know quote unquote didn't count didn't happen <laughs> didn't happen we are 11 percent higher in total number of season tickets than 2019 and i think that's a testament to the team um and, and what they've done and, and just how important this year is for the program um, and then when we look at you know the student ticket side we're, we're halfway to where we were uh, in 2019, so I, I think the student side generally will um, will come in a little later. The other part of it was our single game plan. Um, generally, I think those the the single game tickets would go out in late June. Yeah, don't don't quote me on that, but uh, I guess now I'm quoted quoted on it. But I think it was late June, early July. Uh, we we had to move that timeline up. We we had to get our pricing right, and in pricing to me, is the most important piece of this. Our season ticket holders need to have the best value. If you buy a season ticket, I do not want someone walking up to each game six times in a row, being able to buy those individual game tickets at the window to have more value than my season ticket holders. So we had to drive, we had to change some pricing to get our season ticket holders to have, hold the most value with their tickets. So we're kind of upside down. You know, we, we're now we're working through that. We're trying to get better with the pricing. There's still some places where the season ticket. You know, as we as we look at 2022, it's crazy. We're talking about 2022. You know, we're looking at that that pricing structure now on season tickets. So we're going to look at some surveys. We're going to look at some historical numbers and look at how we're going to price 2022 in terms of season ticket pricing. Because the goal is to go out with football renewals. If I have it my way, you know, in a perfect world, we go out with our football renewals in October of 21. You know, you'd hope you're bowl eligible at that point. Uh, You hope people are excited about the program. Um, But more importantly, they're in your stadium. The fans are in the stadium. So if they have questions about 2022, we could go and meet with them. We could talk with them in person. Uh, And I think the biggest part of this is trying to get to Payment plan options that are you know nine or ten months. And again, in a perfect world, I would love to just do auto renewals, kind of like your water bill, uh, so you kind of set it and forget it. But that's that's big picture, you know, high hopes. We you know let's get to nine month payment plans first, so you could spread out your payments even longer than you can. I think at this point right now, we we're only offering three or five month payment plans, so you know, it, it's different when you're paying $20 a month versus $45 a month. You know, if you, if you start looking at expanding that, I think, you know, there, there's that opportunity to be a little bit more customer friendly. You don't have to pay in, in installments. You could pay all at once if you want. But those are things we're looking at to make the experience a little bit different. Um, and I, I think when we look at the, the cycle here, as, as you called it, Dave, it is we want to get out earlier with our options for fans. So if if we have success when we have success in any sport, and we're sitting in the middle of that season, and let's say we're, let's say we're 10 no for football, and a fan calls and says, Hey, I want to buy season tickets for next year, and we don't have that option available at that time. That's on us. That's on us not being ready for success. So whether we're successful or we're not, I always want to be ready to help, help the customers. And that's, that's my bottom line is to put, put our product out there and available as early as possible. So we're always serving the customer needs and not missing an opportunity to, to bring on a new Bearcat fan.
1: It's interesting. One element you kind of touched on there was the value of being a season ticket holder. And I felt for a little while that this is an area that needed some improving, but how do you balance attracting New season ticket holders, while also making sure that your longtime customers feel valued,
2: it, it, it's a delicate balance. But at the same time, if if your pricing is right and your benefits are right, I I think it it, it almost works itself out. You know what what we did with the single game pricing this year, um, you know we we went dynamic to start on on our premium games. You know we haven't moved that. Price at all yet, but as the inventory decreases, you're going to see the price for the UCF game continue to go up, and it, that that barrier, you know, to the Temple game might be you know fifteen dollars to twenty dollars. But most, if you're looking at our our pricing sheet, we actually lowered prices for most of our games. So the barrier to entry for the Temple game is right now I think fifteen dollars. The UCF game, however, you know, is fifty-five sixty dollars. But that's how we're going to balance it in terms of we want more families to come out to games. We want to create more programming that allows more youth sports teams to come out to games. Our, our goal is, is bring out more groups, bring out more businesses who are coming out as, as the offices. or uh, you know, If we could get 20, 30, 40 people in a group and create programming around that, I think you'll see a lot of repeat buyers because that experience is a different experience than if you just walk up to the window and buy a ticket. Right. But but our, my number one focus when it comes to servicing our fans is those who are most loyal to us, bringing the value into our season ticket holder base, hearing what they want, what they need. And, and how do we continue to build that value? Not just from a price perspective, but you feeling valued is important as well. So how do we, how do we, continue to build that. So you feel like you're part of our family, part of our team rather than a, you know, Oh, here's my check this year. You know, we, we want to build up those relationships again, Bria's team is going to be very important to being someone that you could talk to. If you have issues, you can email me certainly, but Bria's team is on the, you know, I call them the front line of offense. We want to know you have a problem before you, you kind of know you have a problem because we want to be that in tune with our, our fans learning about them and understanding what's, what's going to make their experience a great one.
1: How are the sweet sales affected by the pandemic and, and kind of what is, what is your guys' goal as far as to sell more? Well, single game availability be an option. I, I know I just hear from some fans that like, they just don't hear what's available as far as options outside of, a single game ticket or a standard season ticket.
2: Yeah. And that it, it all comes down to how we're approaching the market. Right. So I, I, I think it's, we have all of that information. You could go online, you could see it all, but then it's, how do you turn that into action? So with the suites, I believe we're still sold out. You know, the, the carry over from 2019 into 2021, I believe we're sold out in, in most of our suites. When we look at the club level, we, that's we probably what have, I what it, I more, okay.
1: more meant as far as you know selling those tickets. I'm
2: sorry. Yep. No, no it, it's 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 all it's all premium to me. It, it's all right. a different experience than if you're buying a ticket in what I consider the bowl. The the club level, it, you know, there's there's two things. You could you could sell out the club level, and everyone could be inside, so it still looks empty. So you know that that's one. we, we want people to enjoy that at their leisure. But we also, if we get to the point where we're selling out the club level, we need to let people know it's sold out, right? And you know, sometimes people like being indoors, with you know, if if it's rainy or whatever. But the other side of that is, we 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 need to get to a point where the club level is is seen as a different type of ticket. So I've challenged my team to put together some plans that we could go out to businesses, um, we could look at pricing, uh, group you know group pricing up there, uh, different different partial plans. We we've never offered, or to my knowledge, we've never offered a partial plan up there. We need to look at, you know, maybe treating some of our fans who, who are on the fence. Hey, do I stay on the 50 yard line, 40 yard line, 30 yard line? Do I want to check out the club? You know, we're, we're going to do a lot of quiet things. It, it won't be in your face on the website, you know, press release stuff. It is going to be our sales team, our UCATS team, grinding it out having conversations trying to figure out who who has the ability to be up there who wants to be up there it, it's different like I, I like sitting in corner end zone it, being a football player I, you know being a punter in college i that that was my view of the field right when i watched film i liked i like watching football from that that angle but some people like sitting first row right up against the field or some people you know might own a, a there's one person at Syracuse who owned a business who liked to sit in the very 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 last row of the third level with his back against the wall you know in 99 dollar seats so it's like everyone's different how they want to watch a game and take in that that program so I, I think it just takes a little bit of effort on our end to fix pricing fix the the programming you know how do we make that club level exciting you know Things that go into my I'm more of a circus atmosphere guy. So hey, could I pay a magician to walk around in the club level and keep people entertained? <laughs> can, I, can I put someone on stilts? Could I have dueling pianos in there? You know, that, that's what I would like to see, but it doesn't matter what I want to see. It really matters what the fans want to see. So again, it's surveying, surveying people who are in the club. What do they want to see? And the people who don't go in the club, what would make you go in there? And that's what I need to hear. Like that's the most again, feedback is the most important thing to me. Because, you know, again, what I like, what you like, Dave, actually, Dave, it actually matters more what you like because we want you in the club. It doesn't matter what Anthony likes, you know, if food options, you know. I might be the
1: test case. I have what I call the best seats in in the stadium, section 122, 28 rows up right at the 50. So you can come down and and get me and see if –
2: bring me up to the club and see if I like that better. Well, you be careful what you wish for. Uh, But (laughs) – you know, but that's it. Like, we, we want to do that. We, we want to make sure, again, being, being back to valued as a season ticket holder, sometimes we have to, you know, hey, Dave, come up to the club. You've earned it. And if you're like, hey, no, it's not my thing, we get it. All right, cool. You know, we like your, you like your seats. You like the community you're sitting in. Uh, we don't want to break that up. People look at you. Maybe, maybe you do like some cheer that everyone likes. We, we don't want to break that up. But we do want people to feel valued in a way, but we, we need the feedback. I can't repeat that enough is we're not going to get better unless fans speak up. And, and, and it's not complaining. I, I don't see it as complaining. I, I see it as, as an opportunity for us to get better. What
1: are some of the challenges that you guys have to try to overcome being in an area that has, I guess, three pro teams now and just about as many college programs within 250, 300 miles is I think you can maybe get anywhere in the country as far as ticket sales and suite sales and premium seating. what What is what is that challenge like and how do you try to overcome that?
2: I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think because I've operated in, in New York City, tiny little Columbia, selling $5 tickets, competing <laughs> against the Knicks, the Rangers, that, you, you name it, right? Right. And, right. Like, I, I've been there, you know, I, I was up in Akron competing against Cleveland. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think in a pro sports town, you, you're, you're going to get pro sports buyers, and they're, they're either in on college or they're not. Like, do they want to spend a Saturday and Sunday away from their family? Generally, they probably have a pick, right? But I, yeah, I toss that out the window. I toss, I toss that our, our competition is pro sports. I, I toss out the window that our competition is, is a school like Xavier. I, I mean, yeah, I'll probably get a lot of heat for this, but our competition's ourself. Can we, can we go out, reach out to our alumni and build up that base? Can we get new season ticket holders out of recent grads, which is a major focus? You know, how do we get them To transition from senior year graduate into a program because if if we've won four thousand of them over each year that conversion rate to me right now is low how do we kick that conversion rate up again being being valued we have them for four years cheering on our team where's where's the disconnect where's the drop off so for me those those are major programs that again It's going to be a grind. It's prioritizing. It's trying to understand. And that's one of those priorities on the ticket sale side that that we've already rolled out. We we wanted to honor seniors who didn't get to see a football game and we just extended their their undergraduate pricing uh, so they could buy a season ticket. So we're hoping those that stay in the area have seen that. But it's up to us. We are our own competition. Do we send one email to them and say, "Oh, that's it"? No, we gotta we we gotta be salespeople too. So, with the amount of alumni we have, the amount of students who graduate each year, and just mining, you know, the data, because I I, I don't think we've utilized data correctly in the athletic department that that really allows us to build a sales program around it and market around it. Okay. My marketing team needs to talk to my digital team who needs to talk to my sales team to say, okay, when we're, when we're serving an ad on, I don't want to say Facebook, Facebook is dead, right? Can we all agree? And when we're <laughs> serving an ad on Instagram um, or Twitter or anywhere else, you know, my marketing team needs to see all the ROI on that ad and figure out who's clicking to the website or you know, anytime they send out an email with that same messaging, who's clicking, who's clicking on that? and that needs to go to my sales team the next day and say here's the 150 people that have clicked on this email they're showing interest to buy this product reach out to them like i know it's big brother stuff but it is mar- that's marketing but that's no, how that's, the synergy works like that's why we're saying, only...
1: sorry but like what yeah, you know i've yeah. been screaming about forever like the the talk all the time was always well it's just hard because of the bengals and the reds and Ohio state has fans and Louisville and Kentucky and And I'm just like, so what? Like if you, if you have a good product and you let people know that it's a good product and a good value, then that other stuff shouldn't matter. Like you said, there's plenty of UC alumni still in the area that aren't ticket holders. And we got to figure out why. And we, you're talking about the digital and sales and everything. It's just like a strategy that for me seems so obvious, but has for some reason Felt so foreign for a long time,
2: it, David. It, 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 I mean, it comes down to messaging too, and, and our value. If we weren't giving enough value, and people were going elsewhere to get their entertainment options, we're we're competing for that entertainment dollar. And you know, I, I'm in your boat. So what, right? And you know, for for me, it's. I, I go back to what John Cunningham said on Coffee with Cunningham. You know, it, it takes what it takes. It, it's going to take what it takes, right? And that means we we have to roll our sleeves up. We have to. We have to get things done, um, but we have to be smart about it. We have to be calculated in the way that we approach it because we have very limited resources to, you know, we don't have the million dollar budget or the $7 million budget to go out and buy billboards everywhere. But, you know, in, in my mind, it's, yeah, pro market, you could go to one Bengals game or you come to six of ours for the same price. And we need to start getting that messaging in the market because that is, that is our leverage. That is the opportunity when, when you're a family of four trying to go to a Bengals game, you, how, how much does it cost? $500? After all is said and done? the family of four could come and buy season tickets with us for less than $400 or $500. That's, that, that's the messaging we need to get to, but that's the digital footprint we need to create in, in taking the resources we have and attacking people digitally you know, rather than I think billboards are dead, print's kind of dead. You know, I want, I want every dollar that I spend to be tracked. I want to know where, you know, where the return is, right? So if we have limited resources, David, you're going to see probably a lot more in the digital footprint of us trying to bring it all into a data warehouse, in essence, and building up fan profiles so our sales team could go knock it out of the park.
0: Anthony, I'm curious, um, what is your, and I know you haven't been on campus for a long time yet, and, and this probably hasn't grown to the point that it will, but what has been your interaction with Luke Fickle and, and what is your take so far on his willingness to, to be all in with, with everything that you're trying
2: to, to impl- implement? We, we've had a few interactions and I can tell you he, he is all in. And I, you know, he, he is the type of coach who will do what it takes to, to get it done. And if it is, Hey coach, could we do a 30 second, you know, pop up, you know, shoot you on a video. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean like some coaches I know, that I've been around are not that, you know, are not that accessible, open. accessible, or he he's, you know, for, for my interactions with him, he, for, for a marketer, he, he's very accessible. He is someone that wants to help you and understands how it how it does help. So it's nice to be be around that with someone who who knows he's, you know, trying to trying to keep this program where it is, he understands that you got to keep pushing. You can't just rest on your, you got to keep pushing. Every day is a grind, right? And and to to have that type of support from your head football coach in a role like myself and and the rest of my team and they hear it. Like they they just know, hey, we're we're all in this together. We're all going to build this thing together. And I think it's every coach. Every coach on campus has been phenomenal. It, you know, they, they want what's best for their program. And they're coming at us just like I want our fans to. They're coming, they're coming at us with their ideas. And it's like, okay, let's see if we can try to get this done and support you. Uh, but, but coach specifically, you know, because you asked, he, he's been awesome. He, 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 they, it, is, it is awesome to know you have a coach like that. I know Wes's hair is still on fire.
0: <laughs> uh, he he I, has I, good hair. He does have good hair.
1: I'm very jealous.
0: Uh, (laughs) But what what has been your initial impression of him as well? Because uh, from from our perspective and and from a lot of what fans are saying right now, like you couldn't possibly be in a better situation behind the scenes than to have Luke Fickle and and now Wes Miller as your two front-facing, you know, figures in UC Athletics. I
2: I get nervous around both of them because I'm always the guy who thinks that I have the most energy in the room. And then you, don't. you, you walk right into the room with either of them. And you're like, Oh my God, like the, you, you guys are overbearing in terms of your energy. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's awesome. And and Wes just goes a mile a minute and he's so on, on top of it all. It, you know, it, it is, it is truly unbelievable that uh, you know, he's like the energ- energizer, but he just keeps going and going and going. I'm like, okay, Wes, when do you sleep? Right. And, and like, he's just so excited about the opportunity and and he's primed to just do what he he can do to, to get the program to where he, he thinks it needs to be. And, you know, I, I think we, in, in those two sports, we have two phenomenal coaches that's just like, dude, where, where do they get the energy? And, and it's, it's refreshing to walk into that knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm number three on the energy list. I like being one, so I'm competitive. I'm not going to let them beat me out. Uh, but yeah, it, they are, they're phenomenal. All, again, all our head coaches are phenomenal. Um, I really do appreciate what they bring, bring to the table, their ideas. And, but uh, yeah, Wes, good hair, very good hair. We should market the hair. You know, if, if fans think like, Hey, he has good hair, we should, we should market the hair.
0: Got to find like the number one salon in Cincinnati and and, and hook it up.
2: <laughs> I I'm, I'm in, if it works, it works. Right.
1: What have you heard about the Nipper experience and kind of, are there any elements from your other stops that you're looking forward to trying to see if they work at a, at a game day here? This season? You know,
2: I, I, I have some non-negotiables when it comes to the game experience. And it, it, it starts from the second you look at our website to buy a ticket and it, it ends when, you're leaving the game being, you know, being in front of one of our ush- ushers saying, hey, thank you for coming. You know, it is please and thank you all day. It is, you know, the Disney experience, it, you know, times 10. But overall, when it comes to a college game day, we, we need to focus on what makes college game day a college game day. And, and to me, again, I have not been to a game here. So I can't. I can't put this out there and and defend it that it's happening or not happening. I think that's, again, need to hear it from the fans. It's, it's the band, the marching band, live music. I mean, How many pros sports teams have, have that. Okay. Not, not a lot. Um, That, that adds to the pageantry of the game. You know, yes, we will hear some of the canned music, but whenever I have a chance, we're going to the band. Um, Cheer and dance. Mascots, you know that interaction, the accessibility of those groups, those spirit groups on game day, uh, they make the fan experience. You know they're they're out there. They're the best brand ambassadors that we have. Those those athletes and the band members are the best brand ambassadors because name another student who's probably been to every single sporting event. <laughs> you know they, they they go to them all. Right and yeah, yeah. The, they're they're phenomenal. So I want our fans to feel their energy when they when they walk into our venues. I, you know, I, I I understand the parking situation here is a little bit different than a, you know schools in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, it's not grassy fields and a lot of you know tailgating that's out in the open. So you know, how do we how do we create that tailgating experience? My understanding in 2019, there was something that was done in fifth third. Um, you know, we did something similar at Penn State and I think the fans enjoyed it. So it's just getting the survey data. Of, hey, is that something do we want to continue? Uh, was it a benefit to our fans? Uh, you know, the grid I heard is one of the coolest spots for to pregame. Um, you know, how do we how do we enhance that? The other question is, are we doing too much? You know, are we spreading ourselves too too thin in some of these areas or are we or are we servicing these areas to a level that meet our fans' expectations? So I think when, when we look at it, when I look at a game day, and when we look at it as a team, it is when do you buy your ticket? How do we help you get to the game? Parking? Um, hey, hold, hold on, Anthony. Are you hearing yeah, that? Sorry. I'm not.
1: Okay, something just started playing in my headphones. Chad can edit it. I just want to make sure it's not getting heard over us.
0: Uh, okay. It didn't come on. It
2: didn't come on through the broadcast.
1: okay so you're good. I have no idea where it's coming from. So is it oh, the, sorry, the voice? Go
2: ahead. it's not the voice inside your head, is it? No, it it All right. I'm I'm just, <laughs> just making sure, um, <laughs> you know, but but that that's the game day experience. Like how do, are we helping you get to the event? Are we, you know, is the wayfinding right? Are, are we getting you enough information ahead of time if it's your first game? And then when you come to campus, what does, what does the campus look like? Is it presentable? Is trash picked up? You know, those are the things I, I look at because every single detail matters to me. And, you know, I, I am a little OCD when it comes to a lot of that. But, you know, hopefully it, it really engages a better fan experience. Um, so when you walk into the venue and you're sitting in your seat, you know, what does that game look like? It's full of advertisements. I know there needs to be a delicate balance there because we have great partners. Um, or can we just let the band play for a timeout and let people just relax and listen and enjoy it? Um, you know, is, is our Wi-Fi good enough? So people, you know, while they're relaxing could take some pictures and post them. These are all things I want to uncover. Again, there's no silver bullet for some of this. It, it's just going to take time. I can answer um, you, that
1: last one it's no.
2: Okay. But that's everywhere, right? right. It, it, oh, I'm yeah. gonna tell you, industry wide, no one has the Wi-Fi right unless you're yeah. Jerry Jones. <laughs> um, it, it, it is a significant investment, it's millions of dollars to get it right. So we we understand that we but we do know we, we have to get better in some of those areas because that's what people care. If you're gonna sit at a football game for four and a half hours, you know, or you're gonna be on campus for eight, 10 hours because we want it to be a whole game. You know, kickoff times have ruined college football, right? Holding them for two weeks prior to kickoff. But again, that can't be an excuse if we're building out such a good game day from 6 a.m. to midnight, whatever that is. We, we need fans to know like, hey, we got you covered. We're, we're going to make this an experience regardless of kickoff time, whether it's noon, three or six or eight, whatever it is like we, we, we got to be able to accommodate all of that. So, yeah, kickoff times have ruined. The experience in my opinion and it's probably one of the most detrimental things to to attendance um but if we get out, out ahead of it and build an experience that's that's you know world class uh then then i think we have a fighting chance to actually you know get, get away from kickoff times being an impediment to people coming to our games
1: for sure for sure i think um you know one that we hear a lot about and you can't really speak on just because you're so new but a lot of our fans find that a big pain point is uc branding and how that works in with fan engagement and exposure and it's it just seems like it's always been a struggle i've had businesses reach out to me saying they want to do uc gear and is there any way i can help um how do you guys see that going forward? Is that something that you're that you've heard that you're trying to work on, as far as um, getting more vendors, more retailers to carry UC things to kind of expand the brand in that way?
2: Yeah, I, you know i I've heard, I've heard some some instances of that, and you know I think what we need to do is is find that collaborative effort with our, our friends across campus who oversee licensing. Um, you know, I think above all, you protect that CEPA, right? And, and that that is our IP, That that is our logo. And it, it does have to be in most cases and most of the stops I've been to, that that is protected above all. And, you know, the partnerships that you get into are important because that's how you protect your, your brand asset. Now, when it comes to merchandising, you know, and, and licensing, you know, licensing that, that merchandise, you know, if there are partners that are out there that are willing to part, you know, I'd love to hear from them. And again, it, it, I don't, whether you're a fan, you're a business, I'm an open door. I'll respond to everything within 24 hours. So hearing this, it's okay, who do I go to on campus? you know, get with a licensing director and say, Hey, have you heard this? How do we, you know, how, how do we work through this a little bit? Um, again, I, I we're building that relationship up. We're a new administration for the most part. So he, hearing this, we, we need to hear concerns like this. Again, any fan feedback is, is valuable to me to, to say, okay, what can be done if there's something that can be done. Awesome. If there's something that, you know, we're missing, or there's a, a clear rationale as to why we couldn't partner with X, Y, or Z brand. Um, you know, then then just trying to get that answer and and being transparent about that answer is um, probably something I, I'd want to have, especially if there's you know there's there's someone willing to partner with us and and engage in our brand and and help us build the brand out. But again, protect that CPAP above all.
1: For sure, for sure, and I'll, I'll definitely try to connect you with the guys at Home Field Apparel because they re- they were the ones that reached out to me. They're they're on fire doing a lot of classic, uh, low college logos, and UC's got a ton of cool ones. So it would it would make sense from my point of view, but they they're the ones that reached out to me. So I'll uh I'll see if if we can connect connect them. I just know it's something, and we always hear the the beer one, like why can't we have a beer? All these mm. other. Schools have a beer. I'm sure there's, there's reasons, but uh, you yeah, know, it's just, it's just one that we always, we always get. Whenever some other school tweets out a picture of their collab- collaboration with some local brewery, it's always retweeted with, why can't we have that?
2: Well, we, we, have, we have two beer sponsors, if that helps. But, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's a university's decision that I, I have sure. zero, uh, zero understanding about in, in terms of Cincinnati. Again, I'm a baby bear cat. So I, I am, I'm learning to crawl here on on some of this and what's important um, to our fans, or if they see something like that, I'm, I'm all ears again, it's getting the right answer um, and getting a transparent answer to, to ensure that at least we know why. Right. And again, with, with, with uh, home field apparel, if, if, They've been told no, it's okay. They they've been told no, but let's see what other ways if our fans really want this. That's that's important. If if fans are surveying says, hey, you know, 95% of our fans would like to see more, then that's a piece of the strategy that needs to go along with with what we're doing. How do we collaborate with? with our colleagues across campus, the same way they need to collaborate with us um, and and be, you know, I think there needs to be some patience as we work through uh, as a new administration, um, understanding a few things.
1: You mentioned it kind of in your very beginning, talking about storytelling and it's maybe the biggest thing that I harp on and want to see done is that I don't think we've done a very good job of that in the sense of just taking the last few years even just very recently we've put almost all of our sports teams have won the conference or been in their respective sports tournament so to speak and i just don't feel there's enough bragging about it without being a jerk and i'm interested to hear and maybe you don't have specifics but how do we how do we do that how do we beat our chests a little bit and say look at all the awesome things we've done and these are why you need to come support these teams or or donate to you cats and and how you talk about digital talk about video and all that stuff so i'm, I'm assuming that's going to be a huge part of it but you know how do we kind of take that step to not really caring if it comes across as a little brash when you have had the success that a lot of the programs have had
2: yeah our our mantra right now in the external unit is selling storytelling, right? So getting the personnel on and the structure right to be able to do this the right way is important. Uh, look, we we have highly, highly talented people on staff. And I think we have one of the best graphic designers of all time, uh, in, in Dan Phillips, who who's a UC grad. And you know, we we have these people who who know what they're doing, who can storytell and you know, when we get the graphics and the video pieces right, we can beat our chest. But we didn't have the full personnel structure to do that, in my opinion, right? But that, that's not a knock on on how things were done. I just think they were under, under-resourced. So now that we, we're going to have the right resources in here um, and we have time to storyboard and talk about, you know, themes and, you know, human interest stories uh, you know, we just hit a home run in our hire of the videographer again, he'll be on staff soon, but he was doing these things at his old stop that, you know, blew people away. And that was one person. So imagine when he gets a little team of interns and, you know, part-time, you know, part-time help, um, he's going to be able to tell, tell that story of, of our championship teams. You know, whether it's track and field or swimming and diving, I mean, that's that's got to be our focus, because that's we got to tell the whole story of the department and our our student athletes. It's, it's not just football and basketball all day. Uh, it is it is baseballs. It's women's basketball. Um, it, it, we, we have to be across the board celebrating all of this because it, it is uh, it is important that people know these student athletes put in all of this work. But more importantly, they they need to know who the student athlete is, like as a person, you know. And that's that's a lot of the human interest storytelling that we want to get into, uh, telling their stories, not just of them being an athlete, but being a student and a person and their background and what got them here, and hopefully what gets them to that next level, because that's what we're about, you know, next level success and next lives. Here, you match those two up, and you have you have that storytelling that can take them. You know, if they're going to be an Olympian or if they're going to go to the pros, we, we want to be able to say, OK, we, we told the story and it, we, we did it in a solid way. But it's going to be personnel, first and foremost, that will come in here and help us do that. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Don't want to keep you too much longer. We really appreciate your time.
2: You're good. I hear no crying. OK, so we're good. As long as you need. I got a couple
1: more that I know people will, will want to hear at least, you know, whatever you can offer. Uh, any update as far as where things stand on the locker room, football locker room renovation, and kind of what are the main things that are getting updated in in this phase?
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> ignorance is bliss on this one, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I I have not been part of that project. I, I've been uh, I've been given the best Heisman probably because you know I if you walk through facilities with me, uh, it might we we did this the other day. I'm I'm pointing out like cracks in the concrete that need to be filled. All I do is add to the price of a project. You, maybe you see Italian in me, you know, watching uncles build basements and stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, oh man, that, you know, let, let's do this here. Let's knock down that wall. So I've gotten kicked out of some conversations already. So uh, I wish I could answer that. Um, I probably should have a better answer than, you know, I'm kind of getting kicked out of the room on that one because all I do is want to spend money to make it look awesome. So uh that's well, above did, my pay grade. How about have, that?
1: Are they letting are they letting you in the room on the You le- you
0: can't let him steal my line, Dave. That's my line.
1: What's that? Above your pay grade?
0: It's above my I get asked stuff all the time, Anthony. That's above my pay grade.
2: Sorry. Uh, I am just
1: there. I'm just a man with a website.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I stole it from you, then. How about that? Is it trademarked or we good. No. no no i didn't All go through right. the trademark process okay i should
0: i should trademark i'm just a guy with a website that, that that's kind of my tagline
2: yeah you, you better google that to make sure it's not <laughs> taken already because i have like five dollars right now that i could go buy that maybe
1: <laughs> so then do they let you in the room for the strategic planning on what we've heard as far as a possible football facility somewhere you know, say three to five years.
2: Yeah, I again when, when it comes to facilities, that's more of an internal piece until the, the final sure. the final side of, of branding. So like I'll go back to my, my old position. Um, you know, at Syracuse. They they renovated the dome. You know, I, I came in three months before the completion of the project to say, OK, we need orange paint there. We need this here. And this is how speakers should, you know, th- th- that that's me. Right. I'm not the guy, though, who could, could kind of talk through the, the shovel in the ground stuff. Um, so in, in, I think some of that is because I I've only been here three months. So, and and I know those conversations pre- predate me. So at some point, I, I hope I'm I'm in that room. Uh, but again, I probably just add more cost to the project. <laughs> do you do you think naming rights for something
1: like that could be a possibility as far as helping maybe get that big chunk to start? That is, I mean, it's not now you're talking different...
2: now you're talking Anthony language. Yes, it, it should be a possibility. Uh, whether they're corporate naming rights or if they're you know the 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 rights to a family foundation, you know, kind of more of the philanthropic right. rights. I, I I think it yes those are the things we need to look at when we're when we're trying to build this out um you know naming rights are ex- extremely important to to our venues uh so that's something we would attack and i would want to be in the room on right I, I, you know that's
1: it chaps a lot of people that kentucky's football stadium is kroger kroger field so and there's a lot of big companies and and big brands around this area so i mean it just would make sense to, to see if that avenue uh, was available for something like that, because we don't really have that with we have it with the basketball arena, but not really with football. Um, yeah,
2: I, I could see both ways. To, look, I'm I'm a I'm a naturalist in, in a sense of like, hey, look, this is historical. This is a historical stadium. You know, Yes. If someone wants to come in as a corporation, you know, would would we would we take a sincere look at it? And again, these aren't conversations I, I've had yet here. I'm, I'm shooting from the hip with you all because, you know, do you want a corporate naming rights on top of Nippert stadium? Or do you want it to be historical Nippert stadium? Or, you know, th- Those, you know, Johnson and Johnson field. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Right. Like it, it might take away from the charm and, and you, you see some schools kind of kicking themselves because they, they, they did just that. They took away from the charm a little bit, but at the same time, time yes we are in, in an institution that needs to drive revenue, so you know it's it's a delicate balance um certainly and i you know I'd be interested to see the the hate mail I might get from uh from our sponsorship team for saying <laughs> hey i don't i don't know if I would take that money, but at the same time historic nippert stadium i don't know how you can i know
1: I agree and i <laughs> I think that's why the if there is a permanent football facility in the future that that would be a golden opportunity. Cause I don't think fans would want, like you said, Johnson and Johnson stadium or something to replace Nippert stadium or even, you know, Carson field. Um, But for a practice facility, I think be like, heck yeah. Put
2: historic practice facility. Uh, sell sell
1: every room, sell every door, sell, put somebody's name or some company's name on every, in that place if it gets built faster i think the fans would all be for that
2: absolutely yeah i think regardless of when you're looking at a new facility like that it doesn't matter if it's classroom or if it's something related to an athletic venue um uh, i think that's always in in the forefront of how you're going to raise money to get it done i go back to what john always says you can take what it takes right that's uh that seems to be our mantra right now. Is we we got to get it done.
1: Chad, do you have any? I have a couple more, I think. But
2: if you, are you are talk. you done with the softballs? We want to get into some of the hard questions. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. No, I'm going to do a hard question. <laughs> okay, I'm right. going to do a hard question. <laughs> right, <laughs> Anthony,
0: you don't want to you don't want to take me down that road. now. Um, one, uh, the fan council had their first meeting um a couple weeks I'm not, ago i'm not
1: i already signed the sheet i'm not allowed to say that's anything.
0: you're not that's why you're not asking this question i am <laughs> take me through what you guys are looking to uh accomplish oh, you're gonna with say the,
1: ta- take me through why you put dave on the fan council
0: <laughs> that was the second part of the question can i can i finish the question take me through what you're looking to accomplish with the fan council and was there anybody that was like putting dave on this thing might be a bad idea
2: but Dave, Dave went through a rigorous progress. I think it was three, three or four interviews. Um, we, look, look, it was uh, more, I, more. Honestly, we, we had the, the, the amount of people that applied for the fan council was insane. Like it, 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 far, far, it went far beyond what I thought a normal fan base would say, hey, I want to be a part of this and help you. The the fan council's purpose is to is to peek behind the curtain, you know, talk through some of the things. When when we okay, so Dave, Dave can't talk about this, but I can. Um, you know, one of the things we want to put in front of them is something like, okay, here's 2022 football pricing. Tell us what you think before we roll it out. Is it a good idea? What would you change? We want their feed, we we want their feedback and guidance, right? And then we want their guidance on other things about the fan experience, about what they're hearing on the street. Just like this conversation tonight, this is like a mini fan council. Um, you know, we, all we want to do is say, tell us your thoughts. How would you, how would you do it? And then we also bring in guests. So, you know, if, if there's, Hey, we, we think we should have different concession food. Okay. Let's bring in the concessionaire and let them, let them all talk. Let's have a good conversation. about how do we get better? Or what what types of food could we could we add or, hey, you know, maybe maybe the club level food is different than the bowl food. But how do we maybe see what's in the club level down on on the concourse level? So the fan council truly it, I, it's a focus group, but it's much more than that. Right. Because it, it is truly a, a place where we want people to come in and bring us their ideas, essentially to get us better. And, and we've seen it work so well over the years in our previous stops that, you know, the impact that this group will make will, will not be known to our fans because it's, it's secretive and it's awesome and it's fun. But, you know, those members of the council know what impact they will make. And the, you know, they, this is the best two hours that I'll spend a month. It's just sitting on those calls or sitting there in person and listening to what what they're saying about their experience and 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 the it it ranges you know we have faculty members we have students we have people who just moved in from out of town who don't have season tickets with us so we have this range of people that you know it it, it will be great robust conversations and and we're going to get to a point where we feel we have we've accomplished a lot well here's what i want to say on that behalf
0: it has been um, because all of these things that we've talked about today and, and, and plenty of others have been things that we have addressed on this podcast dating back for the five years that, that Dave and I have done this podcast. And I commend you because I think at times people, you know, and, and I'm not you know going to, to single anybody out or talk about past regimes, but I think at times people have seen that as, as us coming at the administration or, 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 or being aggressive in, in how we're presenting um, some of the things that a lot of fans are talking about. And I commend you for looking at that and, and saying, look, these guys have, they, they clearly have something that resonates with the fan base. They clearly have a voice that the fan base uh, shares. And a lot of people would have been afraid to do something like, you know, put somebody like Dave that has been vocal about, the things that we've talked about tonight and, and, and making the athletic department better. And I think the recognition of this is a guy that can help us says a lot about the direction that you're taking this thing because it's not an attack. It's not coming at the athletic department. It is saying these are some of the things we feel that can be done better. And uh, I appreciate first and foremost that, that you guys are looking at this and saying we want the people that are going to, because this is what it comes down to for me. There's two ways to do something like a fan council. You can get people that are are all fluff and are going to tell you what you want to hear and are generally going to agree. Or you can find the people that, based on their their application and and your your conversations with them and the interview process for this, people that are going to challenge you. And I think it's a great sign going forward that you guys are open to, we want to be challenged. We want to hear the tough questions asked and to address those tough questions. So I just wanted to get that out there. Dave's not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> thank, but no, I, I want to say thank that you. from my perspective, because I think it is very important that fans understand that's a big step because that's that's a step in a direction that hasn't been taken in a long time.
2: Well, no, I, I appreciate that. And When Dave's tenure is done in two years, we want more <laughs> people to fill Dave's. Look, we, we got to meet this head on. We don't get right. better every day if we don't. So, you know, I'll, this, this might sound corny of me. But, you know, I I read a book once, just one book, only one book ever. (laughs) The Uh, only book you've ever read. The only book i ever read was uh, Billy Jean King, Pressure is a Privilege, right? So it it is a it's a privilege to be able to be challenged. And then how do we respond to it and how do we execute? And if we do all the things we say we're going to do coming out of there and hold hold those promises and and hold true to what we say we're going to do. And sometimes the answer is, hey, we just can't do that. Sometimes that just needs to be the answer. We can't please everyone, but we're going to try. But I think when we meet it head on and we're able to say, okay, you you as a fan base have recognized an issue that you want us to respond to. It's how we respond and how we respond together, right? This is collaborative between a department that needs to steward the fans' experience. And as we do that collaboratively, we get stronger. And, you know, it's, it's strength and unity, right? It, it is is truly how do we bring it uh, in in a way that, this is your department. This is this is your, your opportunity to tell us what needs to change. And I, I think sometimes I won't, you know, some departments or you in the history of athletics, we you don't you don't necessarily view it in that business lens. But if you th- saw yourself as a business, if this were united as an airline, you know, and we weren't responding, what would happen to United? You know, so our, our goal is to always respond and make sure we're, we're doing what we can to collaborate with our fans and not just write it off like it's a complaint. It's not a complaint. It, it, it is not a complaint at all.
0: Wait a second. Dave had to recuse himself from the room. We'll have to get him back in <laughs> oh, here. What? Are, are you <laughs> back,
2: Dave? You I'm back? back. I'm back from the
1: isolation booth. <laughs> <laughs> finish, did we, did we up, win finish. the million dollars?
0: We did, we, we, there's, the, the drawing hasn't happened yet.
1: Oh, okay. Good, good like like
2: like,
0: like,
1: what what chad said
0: we joke about no i'm I'm thinking i was thinking like uh ncaa tournament like the teams that are involved they have to recuse (laughs) themselves or the the cfp committee you have to step out uh when when your your team is being talked about so so now dave's back in the room it's good to have you back it's
1: like what chad said we joke about i'm just a guy with a website i look at i'm just a fan that with a microphone once a week like i happen to work for America journal but I go to every football game. And up until this year, I went to every basketball game. So I'm like, I look at it as like, I'm the voice for our members. And when they come to me, it's my responsibility to, to let people know if, if a large group of them is feeling one way or another. So I'm frankly honored to be on the fan council where I do have the ear of someone like Anthony and John talked to us the other night for over 30 minutes and took questions. So, through one meeting, they've definitely shown that they're that they're willing to to listen to us. So I don't know why that would all of a sudden change. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to how how it plays
2: out. And now I have to. What you're telling me is I have to go listen to five years of podcast to get some more info about how we get better. So that's great. So you, you're going to go get another we, listen we can, on each of the last five the, years. We can We'll send you the greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that.
0: Dave Chad, After Dark is the greatest yeah, thing.
1: Dave After Dark is uh that's where all the cussing started and and Dan Horde's son heard some cussing oh, after a UCLA game a, a few years ago and it's just kind of taken on its own life from there.
0: Needless to say Anthony the night that UC won in the Rose Bowl to start really the 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 progress that we've seen uh Dave was a little fired up that night. Hmm. And then and then Dan Horde was listening to it in the car with his son Sam, and Sam was maybe ten at the time. And uh, Sam
1: thought I was hilarious.
0: Yes, yeah, <laughs> Sam. Enjoyed if that's it. worth anything. <laughs> so anytime, anytime there's bad language, we uh, we apologize and say sorry, Dan. Uh, just in case Sam is listening. Sam's older now. I'm sure, like you know, Sam probably knows those words pretty well by this point. In time. <laughs> it's uh, it it it's been. Uh, we're what. I think this is episode 274. Well,
2: God bless you. That's awesome.
0: So, you know, but it's, it's passion and it's, that's, I've been a fan all my life. Dave's been a fan all his life. I don't know if you know this or not. Dave, Dave's aunt was the, uh, directed the dance team for a long time. Dave's grandpa worked in the, uh, equipment room for a long time. Uh, he is, he is deeply tied to the program. So there's a reason. I have him here with me and it's because he does care an extremely uh, great deal about everything
2: that happens. Le- legacy's a, a real thing for sure.
1: And I didn't even go to UC. So uh, not, I don't care
2: about my it's... alma mater.
1: <laughs> they're,
0: they're, they're a dumpster fire going on 15 he went years. To, so. He went to Tennessee. Things are not going well for Dave. You mm. talked about both programs rowing in the same direction. Dave has not had that luxury for a while. No, every,
1: every time it's like, oh, we got rid of Butch Jones. Oh, he went to Tennessee. Like, <laughs> it, like my, my two programs cannot
2: uh, escape each other. It is all cyclical. It, it, is. It, it might it might be eighty years to get through the next cycle, Dave. But it's all cyclical.
1: Oh, for sure. I, I just hope to <laughs> hope to see it. I mean, if I if I had told freshman year Dave that. Tennessee would be awful, and UC would be like on the verge of the college football playoff. His reaction would have been would have been something. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll get you out of here with with we'll start with food and end with food. Uh, Syracuse guy, New York guy. I have my grandpa went to Syracuse. Family grew up in Rochester. Let's talk some dinosaur barbecue and garbage plates. Mm.
2: Believe it or not, I've only had one garbage plate in my life. Get, what? I, I, I don't I don't go to Rochester that often.
1: Is it only um, a Rochester thing?
2: Kind of. Yeah, my brother okay. lives in Rochester, so I try to avoid that. No, I kidding. didn't know I if it brother, was more of like you know. a
1: Buffalo, yeah, New, a Rochester, kinda... Syracuse thing, or if it's just a Rochester thing.
2: Yeah, it, it didn't really get into Syracuse at all. But, you know, Dinosaur was like every high school graduation you went to. So you get sick of Dinosaur by like the fourth party. um but it's still very good and uh it's a neat neat place because you you have you have these biker gangs kind of and then you have dudes in suits and like they all mix in well somehow there's you never hear about the fights there because there's never fights and food's very good uh syracuse is also a very you know sneaky restaurant type town there's uh there's some great spots there and um yeah, I, I think you just find good food anywhere. Yeah, if you have have you good people, you're going to have
0: good food. No, I've I've actually never been to Syracuse, Anthony. My wife grew up in Oswego, New York. What can you oh, tell yeah. me about Oswego? Um, it's.
2: I don't uh, think the, I don't
0: think the school system was very good.
2: It's 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 a nice <laughs> it's a nice town. Good hockey, very good hockey in that area. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one thing about upstate New York. You'll find good hockey, good lacrosse. Oswego, very quiet small town type feel, but has a college that kind of dominates it. Uh, you, know, the, you know, but it's so great. At, like upstate New York is is very nice. So love, growing I up there, it. It, it, you know, it's very, you could go up there and the, the best time to go is in October. I think when, it, when the leaves start changing color and, you know, you, you could kind of get up near the, the Canadian border up in the Thousand Islands. Like it's, it's a neat place if you, if you haven't been just, you know, the snow thing, you know, it was, oh, it snows. You know, it's it's a lot of snow. I think it just builds toughness. Uh, I'm saying that out of uh, respect, out, of, out <laughs> of sheer ego, you know, shoveling the side sidewalk and driveway every single morning, um, three times a day. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's snow, right? It's either going to stop you or you're going to keep going. And yeah, I hear we don't get a whole lot of snow down here, uh, which actually, you know, saves my back because I'm not shoveling a whole lot, so I'll take it. Uh, my,
0: my wife would always, you know, laugh when we'd get three inches of snow and the entire city would shut down, and she would be like, this would be like 30 minutes in Oswego. We, we were still waiting for the other 18 inches to fall. Uh, three <laughs> yeah, inches, like, what
2: is wrong with you people? A lot, lot of snow. Um, snow tires are important. All weather, <laughs> right? snow tires. You, you have to change your snow tires out or, you know, it, it you know. I don't know if snow tires are a thing down here, but uh, no. no. keep in mind I'm keeping <laughs> mine on.
1: My my aunt actually has one, has them because she has a very tiny car. But other than that, no, they they are not a thing. But
2: uh, highly highly encouraged.
0: Yeah, up there, absolutely.
1: So, are did you get a chance before he was drafted to challenge James Smith in a punting contest? <laughs> Like our new basketball coach decided he would challenge our first team All-American DB in, in a you know, kind of a, I can get open on you contest.
2: Yeah, no, I, I did not. I, I think if I tried to punt right now, it, it, it wouldn't even get back to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> um, I, I was one of those punters who, who, who wouldn't really knock it really far. I'd just hit the sidelines and keep it away from people. So uh, my, my gross was about the same as my net which was both under 40. Um, but somehow I still made all league. That's what happens in the Patriot league. You could be a short Italian kid who have no, you know, no, per, no, no reason playing football, but you're still there. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it was fun. College football was a fantastic, fantastic thing. And I think those that go through it, uh, they, they get it, you know, the 6am workouts and you're, you're, you're building, you're building it with, with your team. Um, my first two years at Fordham, I played with, I played under Dave Clawson, who's now the head coach. Oh, yeah. at Forest. And and Dave, Dave was one of those guys, if if you were, were like if you were wearing black socks, he'd kick you off the field. You'd go to the locker room, get white socks. Have to change. So, I think you know no seriously. And I think that's you learn a lot from someone like that, but you don't know it until like five years later. You're like, ah, I get I get the point now. Um and, and he was that type of educator, He was really good. Uh, we were successful. But uh, then, when I actually started getting on the field my junior year, uh, we, we were not good. I think we went four and seven and then four and seven again. Punted a lot. I think I left the NCAA as the all time leader in punts per game, which was about 11. It was a lot. We were really bad. We were really bad.
0: As, as what, a, a five foot 11, five foot 10 Italian? Too much credit. Uh, I'm like five, eight and a half. Okay. Did, I was, you know, I was trying to I was trying to give you the see? roster stats. So like I'm sure what you were you were listed five ten, I would guess.
2: Well, did, been, did, I, I, I had a lot of hair too. And you right. put, yeah, you
0: know. Did boring. did you look at six five Australian James Smith and go, I just I did this wrong. I, I did this wrong.
2: <laughs> he he is a monster and his leg is just you know, he when, when you get a guy coming over from Australia and that you could kick it two or three different ways. I, I mean, it's a true weapon. On top of that, he's an athlete, right? Yeah. I, you know, all punters are athletes. Kickers may, no, I'm kidding. Okay. But, <laughs> Anthony, uh, look, th- that's the look, joke. Anthony, I'm telling you, he is pissed that he left here without getting any
0: snaps at, at tight end or middle linebacker. I,
2: it, it is, it is a real, when you have a, a pro punter who, who is, is of that size or, you know, and, and that strength and, you know, they, they, the, the punters now in the NFL, if you look at all of them, I don't think there's one under six feet. Yeah. And they're, they're all like now. 220, 230. They are, yeah. they're middle linebackers or taller and tight ends playing a position that most people are like, oh, it just kicks the ball. No, these, these dudes are monsters. And that's why they're bombing it 55 yards down the field because, you know, that pendulum type swing. But, uh, you know, he, when I, when I watched him, because I, I was connected, right? I was going through the process of, hey, I might, might go to Cincinnati. This would be awesome. And then you're watching the games on film and you go, his technique is phenomenal and his leg is unbelievably strong. So when you add that to an athlete, I think he'll, you know, I wish him the best. I think as he progresses, people are going to see, you know, as you, as you focus on a punter like that here, and he's on a great football team, right? Like usually you're not talking about punters until you have a bad football team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so right <laughs> i think yeah yeah i i am a complete nerd when it comes to punting and i i just think you yeah, he he fits the mold he fits the and, pro mold if I'm, I'm gonna go i i want to just knock helmets with someone and kick this football as far as i can and hopefully one of these days when everything gets back to normal
0: we can get some damn cherries four years here nobody's ever had a cherry from the smith
2: family cherry farm I didn't know that. See, these are little nuggets. I still don't know. Again, baby bear. He said year.
0: he never ate
1: a cherry the whole time he was in the United States.
2: Yeah, because the cherries on his family chair,
0: his that's what his family does. His entire family business is a giant oh. cherry farm in Australia, in a small town in Australia. Um, interesting. So well, hey, yeah, look, we,
2: we we've been waiting for cherries for four years and never got it. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you, you know. I mean, if you have an old fashioned, you got to have a cherry. So maybe. Maybe we'll have an old fashioned at some
0: point. You know, on top of a Sunday or a, a a milkshake with uh, with some whipped cream yeah, on something. Like really, on I, feel well, like James, I, I feel like James. I feel like James
1: is a tall boy Budweiser guy.
0: Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> All right, Anthony, man, super appreciate it. You you stayed far longer than expected, and uh, it was great to to really get a chance to introduce you to the fan base. And uh, I, I think this was an awesome conversation, and we appreciate it. And I look forward
2: to many more of these over the years. Absolutely, um, thank you for having me, and I mean it. Any fan could reach out to me. Like I, I, I'm going to respond. I'm going to read it. We 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 take we take that take that feedback seriously. But uh, this has been an awesome conversation. I'm grateful that. you had me on as a guest hopefully I didn't say too many things uh that got me in trouble tonight uh but hey Dave signed that MDA, so we're cool right Dave you can't tell you no I'm kidding
1: uh, I did I'm I'm sworn sworn to secrecy
2: now (laughs) I am I am so proud to be representing the Bearcats and just being here and 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 helping this place out and doing what I can to to steward it to where where you all want to take it I mean that's it we're not here without you all and student athletes and those are the two things we need to focus on to, to get this to the next level. So I really, really do appreciate it. All right, man. That is this is long. This takes me a long time to get through.
0: That is Anthony DeFino, deputy AD for external relations, that includes Bearcat's digital communications, fan experience, and engagement and ticket sales and service. Additionally, he will serve as the department's liaison with Learfield ING College and other key partners and constituents. Thank you, sir enjoy uh enjoy a couple days in jersey and we'll see you back here in Cincinnati soon thank you so much have a great evening thanks Anthony you too uh,
2: thanks Anthony go cats can I say that
0: yeah you go can cats. Absolutely. How do,
2: absolutely right how do we say it are we supposed go to say bear, that go, go bear cats did go bear cats yeah go right. bear because yeah cause the Kentucky thing gets confused yeah you got to specify anybody. around here yeah yeah, yeah. Well, if bear, I'm wearing cats. red and black they should know what I'm talking about yeah, but then
0: Louisville creeps in because they stole. Like they're trying to steal. Like it just
2: oh, go right, Bearcats,
0: Bear, go Bearcats, and everybody gets it. <laughs> All right, go man. Bear, you Thank soon. you Thanks Thanks, so Anthony. much. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. All right, Dave. That that's uh, that was exactly what you were looking for, right? You you that's have right. been asking since we got the name Anthony Dafina, Dafino, and uh, and and heard that he was going to be coming. You have asked me, can we get this guy on? You got him on. You got him on. And I I think he answered everything about as well as humanly possible.
1: I mean, I can't imagine that our fans are going to listen to this and not be pretty fired up about the direction that him and John and their staff is hoping to take the athletic department and specifically a lot of the parts that we've, I think, had, uh, you know, honest gripes about I mean he did not shy away from that but I mean just some of the things that he talked about I'm sitting here like yes finally digital and and videos and storytelling and
0: analytics and and, and numbers and and and,
1: tracking numbers and and you know coming down to the bowl and saying hey would you like to come up today and try the suite the, the club level like you know thinking about A multi-game pack instead of having to make a year or three-year commitment like you've got to be flexible and you have to try and I think that's the biggest thing I've taken away from tonight and meeting with those guys uh, a couple weeks ago is that they're they're willing to listen and they're willing to try where I felt like before it was always just no no we've we know what's best we've thought about that it's not going to work no, no, th- this is, this is what we do. No. Like you can't be in UC situation and not be afraid to, to try something that you have no idea if it's going to work or not. Right. Cause how are you going to get from where they're at now to where we all want to be? If you just, you know, close your ears, close your eyes and don't listen to your fan base when they're asking you things. Because they're just a fan and you're you know, you've got all this experience. Well your experience doesn't mean shit if the fans don't believe in you and the fans don't think the things that you're doing are working.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> got a got a mouthful of water mm-hmm. or, or something else.
0: <laughs> no water. I just had the hiccups as I was trying to oh. swallow. But no, I mean I
1: I'm you know. A lot of the stuff we talked about, you know, and, and granted, put him in a little bit of a hard spot in certain situations just because he hasn't been here. It's not fair yeah. for him to, to answer to things that he either a doesn't even know about yet or B had nothing to do with. Um right. he still needs, but the thing that I like about talking to him is he still wants to hear about it. Like the like the branding piece, like the, he probably doesn't have any idea what's going on yet <coughs> with that. But I bet he's heard about it. And hearing about it from me is going to, you know, make him think, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe they're onto something that all I, maybe I just need to have a conversation to find out what's actually going on. Yeah. So
0: I it was, I it was a great, great conversation. Absolutely. Um, anything else you want to get to on that front?
1: No, I think,
0: you know, you're, you're bound by an NDA. So we got to be careful here for two years.
1: Let the fans listen and, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll have reactions. I tried to get to as many uh, of their questions if they were different from from stuff that I had already come up with. Anthony liked to get in depth, so I was I was worried I might not get to get to everything, but uh, he was very gracious with his time, going you know a half hour over.
0: Yeah, uh, for for those had wondering,
1: what we had originally talked about,
0: agreed to an hour. He did about an hour and a half, a little bit just short of an hour and a half. So, uh. And for him to, to be back home for the first time in a while uh, with the 10-week-old, uh, he's probably going to be in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would <laughs> guess. Get, get when get he walks today and, Yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, I'm good with that. I was going to say, though, for you, Dinosaur Barbecue, first place I had, like, the smoked, gr- then grilled chicken wing. Yeah. Way back in the day. Amazing. And then I was – I didn't know the garbage plates were more of like a true a Rochester. Rochester thing. Are you familiar?
0: No, I'm not. I, oh I've my, never oh been my to God. upstate New York. What's a garbage a plate? A garbage it plate up my alley.
1: is maybe the best drunk food ever. Okay. Uh, my grandparents lived in Rochester. I lived with them for a while when I was working the golf, golf scene. And there was a bar in their little town called Thirsty's. My uh, dad—it's been there. That's so, a hell of
0: a name for a bar. Oh, it's been there
1: so long. My dad went there in high school. Like it's—it's it's an establishment, and the little hole in the wall. All you did was walk into the counter. Like you couldn't even eat there. Was called Hungry's, and a family that actually is from Dayton owned the place, and their daughters worked there like over the summer. But so bar- let me get
0: this right. Hold on. Let me get this right. Yes, the bar is called Thirsties. Yes, and the food window is called Hungry's. Correct. That's brilliant. You can imagine how many it. nights
1: I spent there.
0: <laughs> so uh, describe, what is a garbage plate?
1: A garbage plate is traditionally, you get like the big styrofoam container to go to yeah. the container. Half of it is like um, home fried potatoes, like cubed fried potatoes, like breakfast potatoes. Kind of
0: breakfast potatoes. Yes.
1: Yeah. The other half is macaroni salad. Then you choose your protein. So that could be anywhere from hamburger, cheeseburger, chicken fingers. I mean, all down the line. Hot dogs. So you choose that. Then they do kind of like, it's almost like a skyline chili. I call it like more of like a meat sauce, but it's kind of like a spicy meat sauce on top of that. And then you do like ketchup, depending on what your meat is ketchup mustard just all sorts of stuff on top of it and you just go to town i was i was more of like a double mac salad cheeseburger two cheeseburger guy and that's like, i'm not
0: a i'm not a like a a cold salad guy yeah see, like a, i see potato salad macaroni salad it's you not get the, really you get, the,
1: you get thing. the double the double potatoes
0: the, the the breakfast potatoes i'm a big fan of
1: but yeah so that was like the uh Stop by the window on the way home, go back to grandma and grandpa's house, hammer that thing and and go to bed.
0: Sounds pretty good. I I think I would enjoy it. I think I I would be a fan. I
1: I think knowing the both of us, I I think you would too.
0: (laughs) I thought like, because you were asking about Dinosaur Barbecue, I thought it was going to be like a, a barbecue thing where it was like, like a present, like a, like a barbecue presentation thing where it's like. No, no, it's brisket, the, that's the, name, of the and... name of the place. Okay. No, 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 no. Dinosaur barbecue is is bar- like legit barbecue. Yeah. So when you brought up garbage plate with dinosaur barbecue, oh, I thought okay, it was going to be you. a barbecue dish.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Those are like the what I thought were like kind of that area of New York sta- staples. I just didn't know that the garbage plate itself was kind of only a Rochester thing.
0: Yeah, you know, Rochester has garbage plates. Buffalo has chicken wings. Yes. I'd love to know what Syracuse's thing is. I brought that up the other night. Like, you know what my hot take for the week is, Dave?
1: What's your hot take for the
0: week? I think steak hoagies are just as good as cheese conies.
1: Like the Ohio steak hoagies? The Ohio
0: steak hoagies. Like, you know, the the chopped patty, the 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 pizza sauce, the 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 cheese. The
1: bigger McRib.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I, well, it's beef. Right. But I mean, like, it's that same, like. Yeah. Oval shaped, what? uh yeah. Guess what? When the mcrib hits, I have the mcrib the oh. first time it like four always, times always four times a week. I love, I love steak hoagies.
1: They're good. I do. Are you a pizza sauce? Mushroom sauce? What do you, what you pizza sauce? Pizza sauce. You didn't see the joke I made on Twitter the other night. I guess not. if It was did it revolve right around what I just said.
0: Yeah, I said that the last time I had mushrooms was in Amsterdam in two thousand and one. <laughs> yeah. So forgive me if I uh, if I don't go with a the tomato based sauce these days. Right, right For sure, <laughs> I wandered aimlessly around Amsterdam for like five hours that night. Yeah. so well, yeah, I, I go with I go with the uh, tomato based sauce. Last, <laughs> last Saturday,
1: Rachel and I cashed in two years worth of gift cards at Carlo and Johnny's, and nice, it got, it got real dirty. <laughs> crab, crab legs, twenty two well, ounce bone in ribeye.
0: So that's the thing with the Simone family. They give you like a hundred dollar gift certificate to Carlo and Johnny's every year for Christmas. Right. That's like, that's all
1: I ask for. So like right. mom, dad, relatives, like I don't really need anything else. I just want to go there once a year. <laughs> go to a, a Ruby's place once a it's, year. Like,
0: it's a brilliant plan. Yeah. I told Wes, West called West Miller, the, the like the two weeks onto the job, three weeks onto the job when everybody pretty much was here He's like, where do I take my guys? Like, we've been here. We've been working our ass off. Oh, yeah. Where do I take my guys? Precinct. The the precinct. He's like, you think I can I get in? I'm like, yeah, call call Jeff Ruby. So Wes told me after the fact, he's like, I called and Jeff Ruby was like, I've been what took you so long? Yeah, I've been (laughs) waiting three weeks to hear from you. So they went and they went and had a hell of a night at at the precinct. I
1: bet I bet they did.
0: (laughs) They did, they did.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean that's like I mean I'm like almost forty years old. I got I got almost a two year old. Like what do I need for Christmas and birthday gifts anymore? Like just give me gift cards. Have to go that route. Give me gift cards to the best restaurant in the city, and we go for her birthday or some special occasion every year and blow it out, and it's it's a great time.
0: Here's my problem now, Dave. I have a 10 year old that loves good steak.
1: You cannot ever let her know what that place is.
0: No, she knows oh, she's like she's asking, can I go to Ruby's and they do not true. have, they like, um, they have a kid's, um, they have a kid's menu. Does it have a steak?
1: I'm sure it does. It's probably like a six ounce uh, filet or something.
0: I could deal with the six, six ounce filet. The, um, the one at Waltz down the street for me, which another great steakhouse and, and, you know, another great restaurant in Cincinnati in the Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. It's not, it's not the precinct, but they have a, a steak on the kids' menu. It's a four ounce sirloin. It's so it literally it. like you probably eat eats one... that in like six bites. Yeah, they opened like they brought it to the table, opened it up. She looked at me and she was like, "Dad, where's
1: the really? other one?
0: Real like this? You gave me three bites of steak for dinner. Are you? Are you? But she knows, like she knows uh, Ruby's. Well, she has ra- asked.
1: Tell her to start get 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 on my sit on my system. Tell her ask start asking. Yeah. Aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want games anymore. I don't want clothes.
0: I just want gift cards to Jeff Ruby restaurants. The problem is she will only allow them to be used for what she eats.
1: Oh, so she,
0: you pay full she price for yours, that. and yeah, then she, she pulls out sharing. the gift
1: cards and is like, "All right, now yeah. you can run my tab."
0: But the problem is she's going to order like a fifty-four-dollar fillet. Yeah, well,
1: it's kind of on you, man.
0: I, I raised her far too right on the uh, the food spectrum yeah. because she knows she knows what's good food Pick, and what's picky not Picky eaters food. aren't
1: the worst sometimes.
0: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually gotten to a good place, Dave. She used to not like she wouldn't she, like she, she wanted chicken fingers and like ketchup and right, french every, fries. Every, and every meal. Now she'll at least like she'll try everything we cook. Yeah. And then she'll make a decision whether she likes it or not, exactly. which I'm perfectly fine with. That's
1: what I was. I was always try everything twice. The yeah, first time because- you might you might think that you're not going to like it. So you have like a tainted perception of it. So you try it again. And if you don't
0: like it, then you don't like it. Well, she's actually pretty, pretty good about that too, because her initial response when she takes the first bite of something is to make that face right. like that. And then she'll take like chew it. And then she'll be like, Oh, Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Dad. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, you think I'm eating bad food? Look at me.
1: Well, I'll, I'll get in, I'll get in touch with her and we'll see if, if uh you, you want to take her and me uh you know out, out for a nice nice steak dinner, nice bottle of wine. Hey look.
0: hey, look, if if the site keeps trending the way it's trending, I'm gonna <laughs> take all of us out for a steak dinner here soon. I'll maybe that maybe month, we can right get now. them to maybe we can get them to sponsor us. That maybe we could. I, I know
1: Jeff. I've I've read into Jeff I a couple mean, times. I I eat there enough. <laughs> I never. I'm not the one paying ever, but hey, I mean I'm eating there. So right. All right. Uh you
0: want the basketball a little bit uh Odie
1: yeah give, give me give me a quick rundown on the guy's name that I can't pronounce
0: oh it's easy Odie like uh Garfield yeah. Odie Ogwama.
1: oh I guess I just hadn't heard it actually said yet
0: Odie Ogwama. he's 6'9 he's 225 pounds um he averaged eight and six as a sophomore in the ACC last year uh 14 against Duke had a good game against North Carolina. He's put up some good some good splits. This is the type of guy that comes to the American and plays well. Like it is. It's the same thing I thought with John Newman. Um, if you take out the the fact that he struggled as a junior because he he dealt with a lingering knee issue, if John Newman is healthy, John Newman is a guy that the type of guy that has a lot of success in the American, transferring from a a, a major conference against major competition. And being better once he gets into the American conference, because look, there's this stigma, Dave, that like, it it, it cracks me up that like, we're every bit as good as what happens in those, those conferences. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Until somebody from one of those conferences comes here and they're better because like we, we shit on the American constantly right, right it like I've talked about that with a couple guys I've seen in the 2022 class like look, I think that's a guy that could that could be really good at UCF, but Cincinnati's goals are bigger than playing at UCF right plain and simple, so I really like and look, they needed a six nine athletic rebounding. Hardworking, hard-playing dude, right? We heard we heard from the day Wes Miller was hired, his style of basketball very much resembles the Cincinnati basketball we've known for 30 years, right? The only thing they got wrong with Odie o- o- Ogama is that he's not 6'5", 6'6", like Max and Hicks and Gary. And-
1: <laughs> he's actually the <laughs> he's actually proper 6'9". height.
0: Yeah, he's actually 6'9". Um, I think he's going to be a great fit. I, I think that was a guy that uh, the staff obviously realized, you know, they uh, the the minute he hit the portal. And this is why I will say continue to – I know everybody freaks out at every name that enters the portal. Oh, my God, what about this guy? Oh, my God, what about this guy? I, from what I know, I trust Wes Miller and his staff to have a plan. There's one, maybe two spots left as we ride down the stretch of this thing into June and July when there are still going to be a lot more names enter the portal. Uh, just trust that they have guys like Odi Aguama in the pipeline for when they hit the portal. Because what have we seen? Guys, the, the, the guys that they've targeted, like Odie talked about, he wanted this to, to go out a couple extra weeks. He wanted to name a, a top group of schools. He's being recruited by Kansas and Arkansas, Minnesota. Um, he didn't release that, that list because Wes Miller and his staff made it clear to this kid that that we need you. And hats off to the fans on this one, Dave, because I think the fan base was very important here because oh, okay. that was that that was a kid that wanted to see a fan base excited about the potential of him joining their their program. Yeah. And guess what? You see fans knocked it out. They, they took the information that we gave them. They flooded the kids timeline. He saw how important basketball was to Cincinnati. And it, it, it had a factor. Go read the article from Brett today. The, 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 veracity I dropped that line last night and everybody was surprised. I had a good vocabulary. <laughs> Come on. I skipped first grade. Like I, I don't have a good vocabulary.
1: Obviously a, a teller for future academia, <laughs> uh, academia success.
0: I'll tell that story, Dave. I went to kindergarten. I went to preschool and kindergarten in Texas. And when I came back to first grade in Kentucky, uh, I was not at a first-grade level. You only skipped first grade? <laughs> right. I could have probably skipped second as well. <laughs> Apparently, preschool and kindergarten in Texas were equal to first grade in Kentucky <laughs> in the uh, the early 80s. Uh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I think, look, this roster, we are, we're at 30, 31, 30, 31 days since Wes Miller was was hired. This roster was a shit show when he took the job. And now you're at 12 scholarship players. And 12 quality scholarship players. I don't look at any of these guys and think they can't play. Now, do I still think they need another high-level guy or two? Yeah. If you're going to compete to win at the highest levels, you got to have a couple high-level guys. But this roster top to bottom right now is pretty damn solid. Size, skill. Yeah, I mean, you know.
1: considering the nuclear option was like, oh right? shit, like we still don't have any dudes right now, like or we've, we've, we've only, we 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 not even don't, we don't we don't have any guys. Right as I'm saying, Forget like dudes. Right, we don't we don't have any guys. Like or we we we've, we've just broken even. Like we're only right. back to like replacing the, all the guys that had left, and we're still needing five or six more guys to have yeah. a have a
0: practice. Now you're talking about swinging for the fences on one or two guys, which is incredible considering like where this started. And
1: more guys are going to become available like when the school year is officially over.
0: Yeah. And when teams, like what I've said, what's going to happen is everybody has been so active in the portal, right, Dave, that teams are going to get back on campus in June and and they're going to start working out. And there's going to be a bunch of talented guys look around and go, Hey, this isn't what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for these three new guys at my spot. Yeah. I didn't sign up for that. Like I'm looking for, I'm looking for something else. So we got a long way to go until June 1st when guys can declare. And it doesn't necessarily stop June 1st. You only have to, to enter your name into the portal by June 1st to be able to get the waiver. So uh, just be patient. It, it, it is wise to wait. And make sure that you have all your bases covered. If there were eight guys on the roster or nine guys on the roster right now, there would be reason to be kind of like, all right, we need to get this working. There's 12.
1: Right. You can enter your name by June, by June 1st and just show up on campus the first day of class.
0: Right. And still get your waiver. Correct.
1: That's why we've always, from a football standpoint, we've always tried to be quiet about them because it's not the same way, like right, football, if the guy doesn't show up, he I mean, he, you know, he could be a commit and then just someone could snipe him at the last minute. And he just shows up on somebody
0: else's campus. Football and basketball recruiting are such two different worlds. Yeah. Like in basketball recruiting, a kid commits and everybody's like, all right, he's yours. You got him. Football, <laughs> it's like, oh, he committed to UC. He must be good. Let's all go try to get him. Yeah. Oh, he hasn't enrolled yet. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them. That happened. Fuck what? That's a, that, yeah. Probably what? The, fickle's first or
1: second year with a lineman that I think ended up going to Pitt. Yep. That was in the Mac. He was committed and Pitt Ball found State, out. I think.
0: Yes. Yeah, Ball, so
1: Ball State. I don't yeah. I don't yeah. remember. But yeah, I mean, he was committed silently. We we didn't we never said it. Somebody found out and he ended up at Pitt. Yep. I don't know if he ended up being good or not, but I mean that's just what happens.
0: Right. It's two totally different worlds. Um I don't know. I, I, I think Odie's gonna be uh very much what the doctor ordered in terms of what everybody has been looking for uh, in an addition, a, a big man addition to the roster. So uh, staff is complete. Everybody's been or, or at least the bench staff is complete. Everything's been made official, um, you know, still looking for uh, something positive with DJ here in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, that one I told you guys that one potentially could play out for a little while, and I'll explain when it's over why. Um, nothing to worry about, nothing serious. I just think they're 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 making sure on a couple things on how he will be, you know, most effectively uh, used as a member of the program, which is important. Um, i do think there's still a, uh, a former player in play for graduate assistant you know what's I, I, it still amazes me after all these years that i can give a vague hint like that and within like 30 minutes
1: what was your hint
0: that there could be a graduate assistant that has ties to the program that, that's not that a was hint. That's not a hint that was that- it. well it was that was it within what
1: is, like what is a hint about that though that could be a 500 people.
0: Within 45 minutes, it was on the site.
1: <laughs> like that. To me, that's not even a hit. That's just like,
0: that's like me saying,
1: we're going to have a guest on the BCJ podcast last, next week that has been a guest before.
0: And they would go through every <laughs> guest and try to figure out which one it was. <laughs> and somebody would have it figured out. Well. But, all right, let's get out of here. Thanks yep. to Anthony Defino, That was, uh, that was outstanding. And uh, I didn't say any cuss words until like the last three minutes of the podcast. Well, I said shit one time, but that doesn't that, really count.
1: That's not real.
0: No, that doesn't count. Um, but, you know, thank goodness we're not on the national network. Mm. <laughs> All right. He's Dave Simone. Thanks to Anthony Defino, who is the deputy AD for external relations including Bearcat Digital, Communications, Fan Experience and Engagement, Ticket Service and Sales. Additionally, he'll serve as the department's liaison with Learfield IMG College and other key partners and constituents. I don't know if they know that we're a key partner or constituent, but we are. So it's his job to talk to us. Yeah.
1: And I'm sure maybe, you know, for right before football season or something, I'm sure he'd be willing to come back on.
0: Absolutely. I think that's going to be uh, the beginning of a beautiful relationship between Anthony and the BCJ podcast.
1: As long as I don't screw it up on the fan council.
0: Yeah. You're just not allowed to talk about anything here because (laughs) you signed an NDA. Yep. He's Dave Simone. You got to get, you got your wife's like, she's ready for you to be done with this podcast. Oh No,
1: no, she's been upstairs the whole time. She could kill (laughs) us.
0: He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy grail. BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.